it might be time for me to change professions because I'm pretty sure I just found a contradiction in the Bible. Don't believe me? Well, look, James chapter 1, verse 13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, we read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, it says, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Contradiction? Well, not really, but let's take a look at it. Welcome to the Matt McMorris Audio Experience, where I hope to help you live, think, and love like Jesus. Welcome to the show, everyone. I was studying for this Sunday sermon when I came across this seemingly contradictory portion of Scripture, and fortunately, I was learning from people far smarter than me, um, which, oddly enough, is not hard to find. Um, and I, I came across this seeming contradiction and saw it explained in a way that, while maybe a little difficult, I, I thought was super helpful. And so I'm going to try to do my best to help explain it, um, because I don't think, of course, that there's an actual contradiction in this portion of Scripture. And so I wanted to take a look at that today. James clearly states that God is not tempted and doesn't tempt anyone else. And yet in these and other Scriptures, we very clearly see that Jesus is tempted and speaks uh, of others being tempted. So what in the world is this all about? In order to understand this, we need to go back to a, a, a few verses earlier in this book of James chapter 1. And when you look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 and verse number 12, we see a progression that when we understand that, then we'll see it kind of mimicked again in chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, and I think it'll kind of tie it all together. So let me go back to James chapter 1, verse number 2, and, and start reading there. The Bible says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Then in verse number 12, it continues, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. There's a, a ton to unpack in that verse, but that's not uh, that's not what we're trying to do. I just want to kind of show you the basic progression that's happening here so that it ties into verse number 13 through 15. Um, here, here's the progression. You see the trials of your faith, which lead to steadfastness, which lead to perfection or completion, which lead to a crown of life. Again, that's the trials of your faith, which lead to steadfastness, which lead to perfect or complete, which lead to crown of life. Now, when we move to James chapter 1, verse 13, we see something similar in how it's mimicked, but it's different. And so let's read verse number 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse number 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So let's look at the progression that we find in this text and see how it's similar and how it compares to the progression we found in chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 and verse number 12. We see here temptation, which leads to luring, leading to conception. And then we see from that it leads to acts of sin, 
which then leads to death. So we see temptation or desire leading to luring, which leads to conception. And then, which he's, he says uh, in, in, in the text there, but each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire, then when it is conceived. So luring leading to, to conception. Then we see acts of sin that come from that. And then we see death, which comes out of that. So the interesting part of all of this is that the Greek word that's used for trial and temptation is actually the same word. It's the same word that's interpreted different ways, translated different ways in the text here. And, and this is interesting because it's it's as if the translators, when they were translating it into English, understood what James was trying to convey here, and they used these different words to try to help us understand it. So they, they use this word trial and temptation to kind of distinguish between the two things happening here, but really they're, they're interchangeable. So here's the idea. Everyone has desires. Everyone has um, that these natural God-given desires like hunger or sex or money. All of these things can be healthy. Look, a, a desire for food is not a bad desire. It, it can become so when we're going to look at that in a second, but these desires are natural God-given desires. Jesus himself experienced desire. I mean, think about it. When he was when he was fasting, he became he was fully God, but he was also fully man. When he fasted, he became hungry. In fact, the devil attempted to use that against him, and we're going to look at that more in a second. But here's the idea: hunger is a healthy desire. It informs our mind that our body needs nutrition and sustenance. But hunger can lead to gluttony. And so there's the there's the trial. I'm hungry. There's the temptation. Hunger. But that desire doesn't necessarily lead to gluttony, but it can lead to gluttony. Sex is a healthy, God-given desire, but it too can lead to lust. Lust is the overextension of that healthy desire. Money is necessary and honorable, but greed is not. And so James is teaching here that when we endure a trial, it makes us steadfast, which ultimately leads to life. In other words, you might be hungry, but when you are steadfast in that hunger, that doesn't mean that you don't eat, but when you're being tried with hunger or you're being tried with sexual desire or you're being tried with um, money or you're being tried with a cancer diagnosis or something else, when those trials come, when you succeed in enduring that trial, it leads to steadfastness which ultimately leads to a crown of life. Simultaneously, though, James is teaching us that we all have agency to choose to fulfill our desires in ways that are unbiblical and in ways that are unhealthy. You see, we have these desires, and we get to choose how we're going to fulfill those. David, for example, we remember the story of David in the Old Testament. He was up on his rooftop, and he saw that Bathsheba was bathing, and it spurred in him a natural, God-given desire. Now, a desire for sexuality, a desire for sex inside of marriage is a healthy desire, but when sex leads to lust it becomes an unhealthy desire. And so David sees Bathsheba bathing. His initial desire for sexual intimacy is not necessarily sinful, but his desire for someone that was not his wife, someone in a lustful way, was a conscious... that He then made a conscious choice to bring Bathsheba into his home and take her to his bed. So David's natural human desire for sexuality isn't a sin, but David's perversion of that desire is where it led to sin. What then is the difference between these two progressions? Well, the first progression, which takes place in verses 2 through 12, shows us what it's like when we choose to subdue our desires 
and to live according to Scripture. So when we when we feel a natural desire, but we subdue that in order to honor Christ, we see the progression that leads ultimately to a crown of life. Conversely, when we look at verses 13 through 15, it shows us a progression of when we choose unrighteousness. So what does God mean? What does it mean that God is not tempted and that he does not tempt anyone? The desires that you have are natural, even God-given. God, however, provides no positive agency that makes one be lured away to the conception of sin. That's something we do on our own. So God may give you a desire for sex. But he doesn't give you the desire to have sex outside of marriage. That's something that we desire on our own and we pursue on our own. He's not creating positive agency to tempt us to go outside of the boundaries which he created. So God created a desire for sex, and then he created marriage so that that sexuality could be fulfilled within the context of marriage. We, however, pervert that desire when we're drawn away by our own desires. And when those lusts are conceived, when that luring is conceived, it brings forth an act of sin. So basically, think of it this way. We have a desire, but when that desire crosses the line into an unhealthy desire, that's when God is not involved in that positive agency creating that unhealthy desire. So God's not tempting us to sin. He's giving us a healthy desire, but he's not tempting us to sin. God was tempted in the sense that he was hungry. He had a desire, but he never crossed the line over to being lured into sinfulness or an act of sin by giving by allowing that sin to be conceived or that desire to be conceived into something sinful. God then is not tempting us to sin. He grants us healthy desires that we get drawn away by and thus lead us to sin, which, when unrepented of, lead us to death. So is this a contradiction? Of course it's not. We just need to spend some time understanding the text, and then it helps us to grow in our Christian lives. So understand the Word of God. It's teaching you that you have desires. You have natural God-given desires, and when those desires then take over us and they lead us, and, and we our desires become uh, luring, and they lure us away to conception, that leads to an act of sin, which then leads to death. Or when we are tempted to sin, or when we go through a trial, or we go through a difficulty, that can lead to steadfastness, which can lead to completion in Christ or forming us into the image of his Son, which ultimately leads us to a crown of life, which, of course, is my desire for you. I'm Matt McMorris reminding you that I want you to live, think, and love like Jesus. 